Welcome to the Travel Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Aileen Blanco. I interview successful industry professionals and share my personal journey to becoming a travel agent. The show is for aspiring travel agents and travel professionals at every level. My mission is to uncover the universal keys to thrive in this business. Join me as I take a closer look into the life of a travel agent. Hello, and welcome to the Travel Agent Podcast. Today, we have an air-only specialist, and he's going to introduce himself. Hi, my name is Mike Snyder. I'm the owner of MKI Group Travel. We specialize in air-only. That's a very, very narrow niche or niche, depending on which part of the country you're from. Uh, We do specialize specifically in international air for groups and for individuals, and even more specifically for the individuals and groups, we specialize with humanitarian fare, uh, which would encompass anything from missionaries to anyone that works with a 501c3, uh, volunteers, uh, NGOs. Uh, we've also gotten into a lot of international adoption travel. Uh, once we brought my son home from China, realized the need there and the specific contracts available for that. So that is awesome. my, my uh, that's my passion. That's what uh, makes me pound my fist on the table and laugh and cry and everything. So. Well, I'm so excited to interview you. We met a couple months ago, and I've just been looking forward to this interview. So we're going to get started. My first question is, how did you get into the travel industry and becoming a travel broker? Well, about uh, right out of college, I actually was in, in missions and ministry. I worked with campus ministry and a denominational ministry for about 20 years before I launched into the travel side of things. Um, while I was in the campus ministry, I actually served overseas in the former Soviet Union. Uh, most of my time was in Vilnius, Lithuania. I spent a little bit of time in Moscow, spent some time in Uzbekistan. Uh, then once I came back to the States and um, finished up at seminary with my degrees there, um, one day towards the end of my seminary education, I got a wild hair and dropped a letter to my uh, denomination at the time. And just said, here's my dream job. In my ideal world, this is what I'd love to do. I'm passionate about mobilizing churches and helping people send short-term teams all over the world. But I want them to send short-term teams that have long-term impact. So it's not just a a two-week memory, but it's really a launching pad into the rest of their lives and volunteering or being involved in their church or their their, uh, organization or, or nonprofit, what have you. And so... For about six or seven years, I actually directed short-term missions for my denomination. So I was in charge of about a 1,000 churches nationwide, specifically geared towards sending teams over to serve usually one to two weeks, but then more importantly, tying in with long-term efforts and national laborers and national workers so that when we would, when our team would leave, their impact would continue because we're building into the lives of people that are there every single day. Um, one of the best things I did, one of the smartest moves I made, it was probably by accident. Those were most of my smart moves are by accident. Uh, one of the smartest things I did was I developed a relationship with my travel agent, pitted him against three or four or five different agencies, built a relationship. Uh, and we started clicking. And one of the best things I did was, was really directing all of my travel towards that travel agent so that he could take all the travel stuff, and I say stuff with a capital S. So he took all of the travel off of my plate so that I could focus on that, which I was 
really hired to do, and that is to develop the teams and mobilize people, building the people's life, stuff that only I could do. And he just took the travel off of my plate. I'd say, boom, boom, boom. I just, I'd land, you know, give him a, a listing of what we needed, let him get to work. And uh, because I was sending all my business to him, I knew that he was going to do his best to completely serve me well. I also knew that he was getting paid for it. That didn't bother me a bit because I had all sorts of time to make myself look in the stuff, look good in the stuff that, that, uh, that I did best. Um, as we developed that relationship, we started dreaming. What would happen if we married my expertise in missions and in people and immobilizing people and training people with his expertise in travel? He would learn from me. I would learn from him. From him. What, would, what would that look like? Uh, as my wife was offered a position back in Minnesota, we were in Chicago at the time, uh, it became clear that we needed to make a move. And so I left that position and we launched into it. We basically launched a travel agency, specifically marrying my expertise in missions with his expertise in travel. Learned from him for a couple of years. Uh, we were actually then, uh, he was bought out by one of our suppliers and uh, they wanted me to work one of their call centers. And I said, nah, that's, that's not where my passion is. Um, yes, I sell tickets, but my passion is really helping organizations develop their programs, yada, 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 as well as provide superior service and airfare. So that is when we launched MKI Group Travel in 2000, 2007. So we launched MKI 12 years ago uh, and been going strong ever since. And um, we continue to get to do what we love to do and serve well, continue to consult with organizations, that type of thing. But that's usually just a value-added benefit that I can give the organizations that how I'm serving. So we serve those that are sending, and that's kind of how I got into the whole travel side of things was I was exposed and I got infected uh, by being directly involved with another travel agent. We launched a travel agency, and, and uh, this is where it's taken us. You hit on three huge topics that we talk about on the show all the time. And one is building relationships with the suppliers and, you know, collaboration. So, you know, over competition. So really just meeting and figuring out how you can use your talents with each other. And the last one truly is building a business you love. So I love that, you know, you were offered different positions and you made it a conscious decision and an intentional decision to build a business that you know that you you were passionate about so that is really exciting and so congratulations to you <laughs> there's, there's always kind of a, a sense of what i call a, a sense of exhilarating nausea when you take that step of kind of a step of faith saying i don't know how i'm going to pay the bills with this but i know i don't want to do this saying no to the right things to be able to say yes to the to the best things, you know. I love that because I am definitely in that stage. <laughs> so yeah. what do you wish you kind of would have known before you jumped in all in in your own business? You know, I, I, I call it the lemonade stand effect uh, for years, uh, ad, admittedly and uh, shamefully. I ran my business more like a lemonade stand than a business. It was... It's kind of the, it's kind of the curse of the freelancer. You do whatever you know. Anybody asks you something, you you jump, you do it, you do whatever it takes. You take all business, you serve anybody, uh, even the uh, even the entitled ugly clients that don't want to pay you for anything um, and don't recognize your expertise but just want to use you. Um, 
I think that's that's one part of it. Um, in terms of, I, I think that's that's a big part of it. The other part is really developing the systems needed, kind of the backbone of the business. So there again, I talked about one of the reasons I liked using a travel agent when I was on the other side was because I could pass that off and I could focus on those things which I did best. Same thing as with business, especially as a, as a travel agency owner. Um, technically, we're small fish, you know, in the sense of I've only, I've got five or six ICs and myself. And so technically we're pretty small. We could just kind of run around and fake it till we make it, you know, but um, really realizing the importance. I wish I had learned the systems that I needed earlier on. It would have saved me a lot of headaches down the road. Anything from accounting to um, following up to getting the right CRM. I've gone through a million different CRMs, uh, customer relation management tools, trying to find the right fit so that I can actually communicate to my clients that I, 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 I remember their birthdays, something as simple as that or something as simple as, uh, or as complex as the itineraries that they like. Uh, and they, they hate Brussels, but they love Amsterdam, stuff like, the, like that. Um, instead of having a bunch of post-it notes laying all over the place, uh, it's actually in a system where we can serve our clients well and give them the impression, at least, that we know what we're doing. So if you don't mind me asking, what system do you use now? Right now we're using, uh, I call it ConfusionSoft, Infusionsoft. Uh, is what I've been using the last three or four months. Uh, they've, I think, just changed their name to Keep, K-E-A-P. And one of the reasons I chose that, I mean, I used um, client base. I've tried all the Travifys, all that kind of stuff. Uh, client base is great, but it's so powerful. And actually, it's more than I needed because I'm air only. And so I didn't need, I don't need cruise bookings, hotel bookings, air bookings, uh, every you know uh, everything and, and their dog in the, involved with that with Infusionsoft I've chosen that specifically because a it helps me build my base my network uh, the email lists it helps with some lead magnets helps me do follow up um, plus I can also you know you can invoice and that type of thing on it um, although for most of my invoicing and accounting I'm still using QuickBooks primarily for that and then I use Keep Infusionsoft for building my lead magnets and punching my clients into the base to be able to keep notes and daily tracking of what needs to be done and kind of the, the checklist. The only other thing that I've continued to use that I just like because it's easy and that's Workboard, uh, workboard.com. And that's more like an online checklist and project management tool. That's really good if I've got, you know, a group of, I'm working on a group of 140 kids going to England right now and keeping track of just all the details and uh, that type of thing with each client. I've used Infusionsoft too. So I can see how that would be really helpful. Um, I actually had to figure out a way to move to a different one just because I do the hotels and the cruise ships and uh -huh. stuff. So uh -huh. it seemed like I should move to a, a travel uh, geared CRM. So that's, that's really good information. So what have you kind of failed at? Um, that you feel like you're a rock star now? Oh, let me count the ways. No, the, uh, you know, one of my earliest failures that I really got bit bad on, is that proper English? Um, 
early on, I, I operated my, uh, my, when I brought on ICs, a lot of times I'd bring on independent contractors and actually they'd be clients that would just show an interest and, and say, Hey, how could I get into this? And then I'd bring them on and, and train them and, and kind of do the information dump and let them just go at it and learn. Uh, early on, I brought on a couple folks that uh, just were going gangbusters and did a great job. And uh, I operated very highly on trust, um, which is there's nothing wrong with trust. Um, but I trusted so much that I really didn't have, uh, for all practical purposes, for the first couple of years, I had them. It was more uh, a gentleman's agreement, as you were, or an email. Well, let's just do it this way, and this is what the splits will be, and this is how we run things. I, I didn't have a contract. I said that quietly so not all your listeners would hear it and immediately turn off because I'm an idiot. Um, I didn't have a solid contract, and I actually had one agent, one of my, my top producing agents that I turned over different business to, that I'd promoted, uh, that I'd trained for several years, I actually went rogue on me and went to several of my suppliers and uh, basically forged uh, my approval to let her uh, start her own agency and use my contracts, the, the contracts that I'd negotiated. And she uh, she got through three, three or four of my primary suppliers and made a launch to uh, uh, start her own business. Wow. And went after some of my clients and, it was just a mess. And so I had to learn it. That hurt took me about six months just to get over the, I mean, it hurt more than it ticked me off. It did take me off, but in terms of a failure, uh, that was just failure. There's nothing wrong with trust, but you need to be smart. Uh, my dad always said, uh, his two pieces of greatest advice that my dad gave me, uh, were do something, even if it's wrong kid, which may, you know, he always took that to me, just do something, get moving, take action, execute. You can always pivot but do something even what's wrong. And then he usually followed up with, don't be stupid. And so <laughs> in terms of the whole contract thing, I, I did a really good job of kind of the, uh, the ready fire aim approach to business. I just started and went for it, uh, but I didn't really cover my butt real well. Now the good news with that rogue agent is, and I think there's, I think they're still operating but all the clients that initially they had tried to take over with them within about six months came back and just said, you know what, we, we, we want to come back with you guys. You'll serve us well. And we've had that relationship built. So it was a, a short-term pain, but long-term gain because we were able to reiterate uh, the value that we've been providing to them. And they saw that and they, they came home. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad they came home. And, yeah. you know, that really is good uh, advice because that's not actually something that we've discussed so far on the Travel Eater podcast is, is really just covering your butt and making sure that you have the, the contracts. No, the nice thing with contracts, I mean, technically, you know, with a lot of the contracts and I see contracts, um, I feel like a, a lot of them, unless you really want to be an absolute, you know, just go anal on everything um, and most of the time, if someone wants to break it or wants to get out, there's going to be ways that they can. But I think on the front end, what it does, it just, in this case, it probably would have, um, it would have saved a lot of pain and suffering if, if uh, in terms of, it would have caused them to pause before trying to pull something behind my back. They probably would have come and asked. And I would have said, you know, be warm, be filled. How can I help you go? And I would have let them go, you know, but, um, 
So contracts are important in that respect and covering your backside. What is most exciting for you right now, like in business and in your personal life? Most exciting. I think most exciting in business. And this has been, I'd say the last six months or a year, um, Because, you know, we've been at this for 12 years, like I said, and you kind of go through that phase of when you first start, you're going at it like you're killing snakes and just everything is just clicking and you're loving it. And if there's a challenge, it's just who cares? It's a challenge. It's a boulder. I'm going to I'm going to either pound through it or figure out a way around it. You know, then you get kind of into a rut and you start looking at the business and you get into some of the, the pain and suffering of the day to day grind. And all of a sudden, some of the clients that you've got that you used to put up with and seek to serve, now they just irritate you and you want to figure out, you know, I think the last six months or a year, um, and part of that is I uh, honestly, I joined a mastermind of other uh, entrepreneurs and business owners. Then we just, we meet every week via Zoom and we just trade ideas and learn from one another and hold each other accountable and um, that type of thing. I think the uh, the thing that's that I'm excited most about is I've been reestablishing and refocusing on that which pulled me into the business part of this in the first place, and that's relationships. Uh, my job when I worked for that denomination, my job description about eighty percent of it was build relationships with people that are doing stuff around the world, whether it's digging wells in Africa or whether it's working in an orphanage. Find out who's doing good work partner with them so that when a church would call and say, hey, we have a passion for orphanages in Africa, can you direct us? We'd be able to direct them somewhere, uh, either to our missionaries or specifically to another organization or volunteer opportunity. And we'd be able to direct them somewhere that they could genuinely serve and have an impact with. Uh, And so really what I've been doing in the last six months or a year, my 80-20, you hear everybody talks about the 80-20, uh, my 80-20 had flipped from doing 80%, you know, spending 20, you know, 80% of my of the benefit of my business, my passion, uh, coming from 20% of the of the work. Uh, that kind of flipped to where about 80% of what I was doing was not benefiting, um, was not what I was strong in. They weren't my strengths. I was working about 20% in my strengths. And so I've been trying to flip that. And having some success with it, it's a day-to-day thing. But for me, what that has meant is that I've, uh, I'm learning to relinquish a bit more control, which is extremely hard to do if you're a freelancer or someone just starting, uh, passing things off more to my uh, ICs, even if that means that I don't get as much commission out of the deal, but it's freeing me up to do that, which I do best. And that's filling the pipeline, consulting, serving these organizations, helping them develop their travel management um, for all of these teams that they're sending. And so that's, that's, that kind of puts, uh, gives me a bit more vim and vigor and, and puts a little bit more of a kick in my step and I can pound my fist on the table in a good way and actually look forward to coming in because once again, now I'm starting to focus in on that, which I love the focus in on the why, you know, it's you know, Simon, there's a Simon Sinek that talks about the power of, of why, why are you doing this? And uh, really refocusing on that. That's what I'm most excited about. And we've got a couple of new partnerships I may mention a little bit, but um, that are exciting for me just because there again, it's it's kind of a new area. Uh, it's a new focus. It's a new 
niche or niche within which how should i say that niche or niche i say niche because i just i just like the way it sounds <laughs> okay so there's there's a couple other areas kind of a niche within a niche uh within a niche within a niche um just continuing to hone in on and, and get as narrow as i can in my niche i usually say niche so it sounds weird to me <laughs> but narrowing my niche even further so that I can really be focusing on on that which I do best. You have given us so many like gyms today, just because yeah. that's one of my huge things is focusing on your why and yep. personal development. Because it's so important to, I feel like a lot of us feel like we're kind of on this island and it's about reaching out and getting in masterminds and, and working a personal development and truly staying, you know, intentional about you know, the 80, 20. So, um, thank you for, for talking about that. And that being what you're excited about is, you know, reinvigorating your business and, uh-huh. and your, and yourself in your business. Um, because it does, it, it's a, it's an up and down road, you know, and yeah. as you grow, you have more growing pains. And so it, it's centering yourself and getting back to the things that really like light your fire. So congratulations on that as well, because um, sometimes it takes people a long time. And I can tell in your like facial expressions, like you really are ex- like super excited about what you're doing. So that makes me really happy for you. Very cool. <laughs> so um, like I said, I'm super excited about this whole um, air only um, and, and the work that you're doing and the people that you're serving. So if people wanted to um, find you and get in contact with you, how would they do that? Well, there's my email. There's always mkigrouptravel.com. Uh, the MKI stands. It's, I borrowed that from uh, some promotion that I think my denomination had a million years ago, Maximum Kingdom Impact. So from the Christian side of things, that's where we, we got the name MKI Group Travel. Um, mkigrouptravel.com is my website, my email, uh, Mike, as in Mike, at mkigrouptravel.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Those are probably the best way to do it. I'm wide open. If, uh, if you have listeners that are interested in breaking into the, the whole religious travel side of things or just the group travel, it doesn't even have to be religious travel. We do a lot of student groups and that type of thing as well. I'm more than happy to, uh, to chat, jump on a Zoom call or a phone call or a smoke signal, whatever it takes. And... Um, you know, I'm I'm one of I'm I'm of the persuasion that there, there's plenty of business out there, and if you feel like you've got the connections and want to delve into this particular area, I'd be more than happy to you know direct you to the different suppliers that I've that I've used or give you the different tips or impart what little wisdom I might have at this point. But I'd be more than happy to help. So feel free to track me down, give me a call, send me an email. At, you can try tweet, but I won't reply, uh, Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, I yeah. love that you're like little wisdom. You've given us a ton today. So it's a little bit more than just a little bit. Well, thank you. Yeah. There's, there, I mean, it, it's an, it's an interesting niche, you know, even as far as the religious travel, that's, that's probably, how do you break into, uh, you know, you've got a, a church that you want to reach. How do you, most churches have what I call gatekeepers. It's not the senior pastor necessarily. It's not the missions pastor necessarily. In a school, it's not the principal necessarily. A lot of times it's one of the administrative assistants or a volunteer, and it's finding those gatekeepers and developing relationships there. 
how do you how do you do some of that type of thing? Um, uh, what else is there? I, I think in terms of the humanitarian travel, there's so many different contracts out there. That's really uh, probably the the best known secret that I'm letting out of the bag right now is uh, a, a you probably know this as well, but commissions have been coming back for especially for international airfare. But beyond the commissions, the humanitarian contracts, tour contracts, consolidator contracts, student contracts, adoption air contracts, um, those are all private contracts that you get access to those puppies. And um, that's where the fun begins. I tell people, uh, if they say, well, I can just go on Expedia, you know, you've heard, everybody's heard that. Um, and I find it $7 cheaper, you know, nine times out of 10. Um, I tell people, hey, I go to Expedia to determine how much I can charge you, ha, 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 uh, because th there, are, there are opportunities to make money in the air only. Um, it's provided for my family for the last 12 years, and God willing, it'll provide for the next couple as well. But uh, so there, there are ways that you can make money in air only. A lot of people, a lot of agents I run into, are like, you're air only? You're nuts. How could you? What? what? Um, but I would go nuts if I tried doing leisure, if I tried doing what you do best and, and your specialty. And it would drive me absolutely insane, and I would probably lose more clients than I would gain. So I'm going to stick with, with what I'm good at, and I'll send everybody else your way. How about that? That is perfect self-awareness. Um, I'm hoping to, to, to find that sooner than later, because um, like you said, the whole, you know, help anybody... <laughs> And, and getting closer and closer um, yeah. to that, to that, your niche and, and just drilling all the way down. Cause it's kind of scary. Yeah. Well, the business is out there and we're going to do better long-term by getting as many people up to snuff and uh, help them serve their clients. Well, building those relations, relationships and just seeing where, it, where it takes us. Uh, otherwise, sure. otherwise it's, it's so easy to kind of, buy into this whole fear mind mindset that I have to protect my clients and have to protect what I've got. So no one will take it. You know what, if you're serving your clients, well, help other people serve their clients. Well, and we'll, we'll, we'll be just fine. We're better together. Well, this has been an awesome interview. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with me. And I look forward to just, you know, following your journey. Thank you for joining the travel agent podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Visit the travelagentpodcast.com for more information about today's episode and other travel agent resources. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for new episodes. Until next time, continue to build a travel business you love.